0: You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 272, Parenting During Wartime, One Israeli Mother's Experience. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get to today's interview, which I am so very grateful for and eager to share with you, I want to remind you of a few things. One, there are still two weeks left of the challenge I've taken on to have 30 powerful conversations with stressed out moms in 30 days. I've had several conversations so far about everything from dealing with mom guilt to getting along with an ex-spouse to navigating the transition from elementary to middle school years as a mom. There's no topic that's off limits and it's totally free. So if you're interested, email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com or DM me on Instagram and I'll send you the link to sign up for a session. You'll leave having a better understanding of the problem and how to solve it. The other reminder is that anyone who signs up to work with me privately during the month of October, which is my birthday month, will get a bonus birthday box in the mail from me with some of my favorite things to pamper you and also help you grow as a person on your journey of motherhood. And now is a great time to start coaching because when you learn and practice the tools that I share with you, you'll actually be able to enjoy the holidays this year. Again, you can email me, DM me on Instagram or you can go directly to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini to schedule a consult. Okay, today's episode is an interview with Abby Parrots. Abby was a guest on my show over a year ago, and we talked then about parenting a child with special needs and making money working from home as a freelance writer. I'll link to that episode in today's show notes. After that episode, Abby and I began following each other on Facebook, And when the war broke out in Israel on October 7th, Abby started posting about the situation in Israel and her day-to-day experiences, almost like journal entries. I so appreciated having a little window into the daily life there because it helped me feel more connected to my Jewish faith and to my Israeli family and friends. I reached out to Abby and told her how her posts affected me and invited her to come on the podcast to talk about what it's like to parent during a time of crisis. We recorded this on day 11 of the war. So that's day 11 of little to no sleep and being in a constant state of panic about her safety and the safety of her five children. Now, I understand that there are two sides to this conflict and that it's sometimes very difficult, if not impossible, to know what to believe and what constitutes the truth. But this is Abby's truth. And my truth, based on my experiences, is that Jews and Israelis value chesed, which means loving kindness, tikkun olam, repairing the world, and the infinite worth of every human life. I stand with Israel and its right to exist in peace and security. In my commitment to Israel, I also stand for a world where anti-Semitism and prejudice is eradicated, ensuring that every individual can live without the fear of hatred or discrimination. Without further ado, here's my latest interview with Abby parrots How are you today? How are you right now? How am
1: I today right now? Um, yeah, it's, I, and that's really what it is. It's like a very like minute by minute thing. Like I woke up this morning and I had one plan, which was to do something very specific for a client. And I'm going to interrupt myself and say, my clients are amazing. I'm the person who's like, crazy. And we can talk about more of that later on, but like, I feel this obligation to do things that they've paid for. It's like this crazy thing in me, like they've paid me and I feel like I should do things for them. Um, And they're all like, no, 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 please don't do things. Um, And I'm like, no, 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 I have to. Anyway. So I woke up this morning and like, my plan was to work on something very, very specific that I want to get to a client. And almost first thing this morning, a friend of mine from where I live from this municipality called me and said, she didn't call me because it's 2023 and we don't call anybody. But she WhatsApped me and said, mm-hmm. um, hey, we used to belong to a regional council and now we belong to a local municipal council. And that means that we have no security budget of our own. So we're putting together some letters to build up donations and fundraising. And we need your help if you can help us like translate them to English or make the English sound better. And I was like, yeah, of course, send it over. And then in the middle of that, I had to take my kid... <laughs> you didn't know this was going to be such a loaded question, did you? I had to like stop everything and take my kid to the next city over because he's in special education. And they thought that they would do a two hour in-person meeting today because like the kids have been at home for four weeks. And uh, because before everything started, we were on vacation for the holidays. And Mm -hmm. so it's been a long time since they've been back on their routine and whatever. And that's a freaking nightmare. So running from one thing to the next. And then when I came home, I had to like finish the thing that I was working on, but also we host children in our house for movie screenings three times a day. So I had to make sure the popcorn was ready and like, let the kids in and whatever, and start the movie. And, um, and then I have my daughter, I have to drive down South to pick her up tomorrow. Cause she's on reserve military duty and, um, she'll be off tomorrow after her like night shift ends overnight, she can come home tomorrow and be home for Shabbat. And since we don't know when we'll see her again after that, like it's really important and there aren't buses right now. And it's a whole, anyway, so like today, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm running around from place to place, which is not how I normally feel. Um, Certainly not in my regular life and also not in my crazy life now. Like I'm usually crazy, but very much crazy at home. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm feeling like, what is happening? Like,
0: okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time (laughs) out of your day to be here with me. I mean, and I think it takes a lot of courage, tremendous courage for you to be here and share your experience while you're still going through it. Um, A lot of times, you know, it's easy to like look back in hindsight and and talk about something that happened, you know, months or Mm -hmm. years ago, but like you're Mm -hmm. in the thick of it now. And I just wondered like, what goes through your mind that gives you that courage? And why did you even agree to be here today and share your story here?
1: I think it's several things. I think it's important. One, as a as an inherently nosy person, I'm always curious about other people's lives, right? Like I always think about what is it like to live in, I don't know, like, you know, a remote village in China or like, what is it like to live, um, wherever? And certainly in the middle of things going on, because even in the middle of crazy, there's still a lot of like very, uh, mundane moments. Um, and I think, I don't know, for me, like those moments are, are what humanity is, right? Like, Mm when when we stop and we laugh and we tell like you know we tell a joke or when we um just something funny happens and we have like this whatever moment i like i really think that that's where we find humanity so because I like to see other people's moments like that, I I also assume that everyone is always very interested in my life, particularly not not even when anything crazy is happening. I just assume that I am a very interesting person <laughs> to most people um, and that they all wanna know it's happening to me. Um, I feel right, right now, it is very important to tell the stories um, of things that are happening as they're happening because there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation being put out. And so I like being able to provide, like, I mean, on my own Instagram now, I'm getting like, what is your source? And like, my source is me. I'm actually mm. here and living through this. And yeah. I know exactly what's happening around me. Um, and, and I think that's important. I'm, I'm like on the one hand, yeah, sometimes it can be scary to do that. And on the other hand, Dude, I'm 47. Like I'm already at that age where I don't care what you think of me. I don't care about any of it. I don't care if I, I certainly don't care if I lose followers. Um, Clearly, I no longer care if I burn my business down. So like from that standpoint, whatever, I have nothing to lose. Like, Are you worried about I mean, your safety
0: though? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean in terms well, of like, yeah, just even talking to me and, you know, or posting on you know, Facebook. Not in that
1: sense. Like, I'm worried about my safety in the general sense of Israel is fighting an existential fight right now. And I don't use that word lately. Like, we are literally fighting for our lives here. We are fighting for our lives, for the existence of the state of Israel, and mm-hmm. for the existence of the Jewish people. I 100% believe that. Do I think that someone has that much interest in me? Even mm-hmm. I'm not that narcissistic to think that, like, somebody's going to track down me in my little house. Yeah. Me specifically no. Do I think I could absolutely be killed in a terror attack? 100% and I sit up at night thinking about that and like where would I go and how would I wield the knife and like mm-hmm. uh, you know those kinds of things. Um but do I think that somebody's going to specifically come after me because of what I say on social media? I don't think so. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but I don't think so.
0: Okay. I think I know the answer to this already but I'm just going to ask for everyone listening like do you have family or friends who have been killed or have been taken hostage or yeah um, or people that have been called into service and oh, things like that gosh
1: okay so you have to understand We're there's so few of us. So we really do all know each other, right? Um, We are all like the first thing. What do you do whenever you meet anybody Jewish? Oh, where are you from? Oh, do you know so-and-so? And And we can find it within two or three minutes of talking to each other. We'll find somebody in common. So when you reduce that down to Israel, I literally do not know anyone in this country who can say, oh yeah, I'm completely unaffected by this. Yeah. I don't have a single person who's on the front lines or, you know, um, who, or who was injured or who was killed or who was kidnapped. Like everyone has some connection. So yes. Um, I mean, I can like a girl, my daughter's age who went to high school with my daughter, my daughter's friend from high school was killed by rocket fire the other day. Um, and I mean, it was horrific when my daughter found out like she was broken she couldn't i mean like it was horrible. um my older daughter is serving in reserve duty right now. she works in the Southern command war room. I haven't seen her since everything started um so like the fact that she's gonna come home for a Shabbos and they said to her, We're sending you home to like get some strength and soak up home because we have no idea when we'll send you home again mm. um so you know there's that like. I have a good friend from, from college who had a cousin who was missing from the music festival and they, after, you know, a week and a half of searching, they unfortunately found her body, um, and she'd been murdered. Um, so like, I, and I can, uh, these are the ones off the top of my head. I can tell you a lot more. Um, but there's also like this, uh, my best friend's husband um, was called into reserve duty. And I was really surprised. I was like, what is he doing? Cause he's he's even a year older than my husband. And my husband's too old to go to reserve duty. But they're like, no, because he's a scientist. He's doing DNA analysis on bodies so that they can confirm identities. And he said to me, because I saw him when he came home for a few hours to do a blood test for his own whatever. Um, and I literally like I saw him as I was going to the grocery store stop my car in the middle of the road to like jump out and give him a hug. And he was like, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, and I mean, my best friend said to me, he's going to need so much therapy after this. Like it's, I mean, he's literally dealing with, with burned bodies to pull DNA samples. So it's horrific. We are all walking around in this constant state of readiness, right? Like I'm doing an interview with you and I I you heard my phone ring before um because I can't put my phone on do not disturb right because I can't put my phone on do not disturb because I have to be I have to know if there are red alerts in an area where one of my kids is, I need to know that. I need to be constantly available so that if something happens, um, so that I know to go to a safe room, so that um, so that I, I can keep tabs on my family and my people. And we're all constantly checking in with each other. We're all constantly, like, it's just, it's living in this heightened state of, you know, panic and terror. And like, I have to run away from the bear and and it doesn't let up.
0: Like yeah, it I know, doesn't, I, I mentioned to you, it, like in our private, you know, uh, messaging back and forth that it, after nine 11, I experienced the feeling of terror. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in a high rise apartment and there were fighter jets going overhead. And I thought, Oh my God, I'm going to die. These planes are going to come through this building. And, right. it, and that lasted like, I don't know, it felt like a long time, but it probably was 20 seconds Right. I can't imagine. And that was the worst feeling I ever had in my life. I, I, I can still remember th- how awful it was. And I can't even right. imagine ha- ha- being like that day after day after day on nonstop.
1: It, well, so it's exhausting. And we basically go until our bodies like drop. Um, so like, I know there was one day, I, I, all the days run together. I can't tell them apart right now. Um, mm. But there was one day when I, I did, I sat down on the sofa um, and, and fell asleep just from sheer exhaustion. Um, and my kids, of course, then immediately took pictures and put them in the family WhatsApp group. They're like, <laughs> "Ah, look at her. Um, but, uh, but like, I mean, it was literally because my body was like, I can't keep going, you know, yeah. um, because it, our sleep is so interrupted. It's so fractured. It's so not restful. A few nights ago um, I woke up um and then I because I'm stupid sometimes. I read an article um online about the northern front and the threats from the northern front. So the northern front would be Lebanon um mm-hmm. and Hezbollah. Um, and just like a a here's a scenario, and not like a wild and crazy scenario, like an actual here's a thing that could happen. And I could not sleep. I was like, um, I like I need to be ready in case a terrorist breaks into my house, you know, like that was. Man, man, oh man. Um. So, the, but, but then not having of, sleep makes you less yes. ready and less uh, less ready you know. and less rational too. Yeah. Um. Certain. Like I always say, I always say everything is so much harder when you're exhausted, right? Like so, getting a good night's sleep. It is. It is so so important. And so one reason why I'm so glad that my daughter is going to come home for Shabbat and just be here. Um. Mm-hmm. And get some good sleep like there was definitely one night when I, I did, I, because I was so tired because we hadn't slept at all the night before and whatever. And so I went to sleep, I went to bed early um and definitely fell asleep earlier than I have been. And um and I could tell like the next day I was in slightly better shape than I am than most of the days. It's just not pra- like, it's not practical on a regular basis because we do need to be, you know, people are like, oh, well, I'm avoiding the news. And like, that's a privilege that I don't have right now. So um, please be aware that that's a privilege. Like, that's not something that we get to say here. Oh, I'm not going to pay attention. Uh, Well, then you're going to die because you're going to know to take shelter. So it's, uh, I mean, for us, like, you know, I disconnect every Shabbat, right? Like I'm offline completely unreachable, right? And yet on the Shabbat of October 7th, What happened was, I mean, for us, it was six in the morning. My daughter comes bursting into our room and she's like, something's happening. Something's happening. So she had, for whatever reason, um, I think she was napping like when Shabbat came in. So she hadn't put her phone on silent or she hadn't put it on do not disturb or something. So she was getting notifications. She wasn't using her phone, but she was getting all these rocket alert, red alert notifications. She said, something's happening. There's been like 200 rockets sent in the last three minutes. So we looked at my husband's phone by on the side of the bed um, and we saw it. But the thing is, we're so used to like rocket fire on Southern Israel that we're like, well, that really sucks for the people in the South. And we went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I even said to Guy, I said, "Do we do something that like would provoke rocket fire? And he's like, oh, I haven't heard anything. And my husband's a news junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about that. And then these are Slack notifications, not red alerts, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> which almost just as bad at times. Um, but... Um, So we went back to when I woke up, he was gone and his phone was buzzing like crazy again. And I looked over and it wasn't the red alerts that terrified me. It was, I saw this WhatsApp from his work friends who use their phones on Shabbat. They were having a discussion. And the text I saw was, we're talking about tens, if not hundreds of deaths. And I saw that. And I literally, literally leapt out of bed, threw on clothing and raced down the stairs. I was going to go find my husband at synagogue or something, but before I even got all the way down the stairs, he came rushing in. He was like, like, I-, I need to tell you what's happening. So literally my entire religious community is walking around with guns and phones and, you know, cause people started getting call up immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just, I mean, yes, there, in one sense, it's an information overload and whatever, but we, we need it. It's keeping us alive right now. This is the information that's being passed around is vital to our survival. So.
0: Yeah. I want to know a little bit about the kids and how they're doing because your, your kids are what they range in 14 to 24 or something like that. Correct.
1: Very good. 14 to 24. My almost 20 year old is intellectually disabled. Okay. So
0: so yeah. those are, those are your kids. And then you, you mentioned you're hosting these movie screenings every day, which I think is amazing um, yeah. for kids in the, in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. Yeah. So what Thanks. happened was, you know, the whole first day, Sunday, I, like, I mean,
1: I was a wreck, right? So my daughter had gone into reserve military service. We were at, like, you know, just watching these horrific images come in, watching, reading, talking to people, you know, calling all of our people, checking in with people and whatever. And it was so horrible. And literally the next morning I said to my husband, we have to, like, I can't live like this. What can we do? What, is there anything that we can do? How do we volunteer? How do we help? And we thought about it for a little bit. And he was like, okay, you know what? And he wrote this message to our like community WhatsApp group. He was like, there are people here in the neighborhood who their spouses have gone off to Miloim and they're at home alone with kids. um, And the kids are home from school. And then there are people who are too old to go to Miloim. But those people happen to have a home theater and a Netflix (laughs) subscription. So, so, you know, here and people were like, oh my God, yes. Um, So yeah, so my own kids, first of all, you know, so my oldest is off doing military duty. And she said, it's so good because like, I'm so busy all the time that I certainly don't have time to stop and like, think about how awful things are, Um, Mm -hmm. except when I'm not, in there. And it, the time just goes very quickly for her. So she, you know, she's like, I'm, I, if I were not here doing this, I would lose my mind. And so she's very glad to be there doing her part. My younger two boys are pretty stoic. Um, they're, you know, they're pre-army my almost 18 year old is going through like the process of what do you want to do in the Army, and he wants a meaningful position in the army um and uh, and you know, it's something that's very important to to my kids um and the two younger boys are really like very stoic, really dealing with things. They're also finding opportunities to help out and volunteer um in the different ways that they can my My younger daughter, who's twenty two is an incredibly emotional, empathetic feeling person. So this is like, she absorbs a lot of this and it's very difficult for her on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Um, and she works in a, like a security company, like a rapid response team for that, that does security for like, um, medical clinics and supermarkets and things. Um, it's weird right now because most of their security people have been called up to reserve military duty. So they have a very reduced staff, but they still have their own kind of civilian war room where they kind of monitor situations and send out people as needed. Um, so that's stressful in its own way because she has to leave home and go into the city and be on the roads and be where there are air raid sirens going off and things like that. So um can be very difficult. And then my my almost 20-year-old who is intellectually disabled, I mean anything that throws us off our routine is horrific. Um mm-hmm. he doesn't have a clear understanding generally I would say he doesn't have a clear understanding of hatred. So mm-hmm. war certainly is something that's very like doesn't really get it. He's yeah. he's very he's somebody who's very afraid of death. Um in general, he w- you know, he had cancer um in the past and he knows a lot of people who have died and he's very afraid of, of, of dying himself. And he's very afraid of death in general. Like we know when we have conversations at home, we can't talk about like, no, we can't say things like, you know, so-and-so died. Even if that person died 400 years ago, he's like, no, 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 Mm no. So like, it it really is traumatic for him. Um, in that sense, he hates being off his routine. He, he hates not knowing when it's going to be normal. Like I thought we did well getting through Corona. I was like, you know, we really, we made it mm-hmm. through. Um, he is not happy about this. He's like, no, I like they taught him at school during Corona. They were like, you know, we have to, we, there's like, things are dynamic. Things change. And as soon as this all started, he was like, no more dynamic, no, no. more dynamic. Oh. So, he is not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say sometimes I feel like his teacher is my real enemy because she sent home this thing where she was like, you guys should make pizza and make a video of yourselves making pizza and send it to me. And I was like, well, how would you, do you hate me? Do you, <laughs> like, really? This is, and once my son sees that, he's like, oh, we have to make pizza. We have to make pizza. Right. And like, he would not rest until we made the freaking pizza. And like, let me tell you how badly we improvised. It was like dough with like, like American cheese and ketchup, it was ridiculous. It was not anything <laughs> resembling pizza. And he's like, mm, "This is delicious." I'm like, "I can't believe you're even eating this." Whatever. Anyway, um, so you know, my kids on the whole were doing okay. Definitely, the neighborhood kids. We have these different age groups that come in. So the youngest kids come in first, and all like so many of them, their fathers are gone, right? Mm-hmm, and they don't mm-hmm. like. So I am even seeing like I'm helping some of my friends who have infants, I mean, Mm. newborns, you know, um, and their husbands are gone. And so my one friend of mine told me, she said, you know, um, it's the baby and, and the dog are like the most affected because they're picking up on the stress in the household, you know, like, and how are, how are you talking to the
0: kids of different ages? Like, what do they know? What are they not? Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's different in different families. Like, I think in a family where the father is, has gone off um, to reserve service, like, there are very different conversations happening. I think there are probably some kids who are more sheltered. My conversations with these kids are things like, please don't take the cup of water downstairs. Drink it up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's your popcorn. Um <laughs> and, so like and it's very much like um oh you don't like this movie well try the next one sorry i can't like tailor each movie to your individual taste cuz there are 900 children here. So um these are my con- i don't end How many actual children are you ha- are you hosting? So um generally uh, there are between like for a, for an unpopular showing, we might have 30 kids. Um, the really exciting ones get like four, you know, 45, you even had 50 kids at one. Wow, um, that's amazing. So, and that's three times a day. Now I will say this morning, cause they're trying to like, you know, start things back to school a few hours here and there and that kind of thing. So this morning for our youngest kids movie, we literally only had three kids. And I was like, they were thrilled because we have in our theater more popcorn. We have, <laughs> we have more popcorn. We have four chairs that are like the cool chairs that my husband imported from China and they like recline and they vibrate uh-huh. and whatever. So there's always a massive fight over who's gonna sit in those chairs. And so that there were only three kids, so they each got one of those chairs, and they were like they had their own private screening of cars this mm-hmm. morning. It was great. And they they were thrilled, but then already for our afternoon movie which was the Princess Diaries, in case you're wondering. Um, There must have been, you know, 30, 35 kids here for this one. And then the evening one is we do that at um, 6.30 in the evening, and that's 13 years and up. And those are usually pretty... Um, and there's a lot of like we have to alternate, like tonight the girls are sitting up here, tonight the boys are sitting up here. And, mm-hmm. and we made a rule with the oldest ones. Um, whoever sits in those chairs has to stay afterwards and help clean up. And so
0: it's Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Seriously. <laughs> such a great thing that you're so, doing there. For those of us living outside of Israel, mm-hmm. what can we do to help?
1: Yeah, um the most important thing to me personally that people can do is to really. Is to share the truth, to share what's really happening, to uh, to weed out certainly disinformation and also anti-Semitism where you see it, because I'm seeing a heck of a lot of it. I mean, I'm I'm seeing it in so many ways. So I think I think it's really hard to know what the truth is. That's what, it is one hard of the, to know what the one truth of the problems, is. right? It, it is hard to know what the truth is. Um and. <sighs> I don't know. Um, I mean, look, there are, I, what I know from my own reality and my own life and whatever, I know there are organizations on the ground here that need help, financial help. There, you know, if you, and I'm not going to tell anybody where to put their money, but like, do your research. Find an organization that aligns with your own values and give money to them. Right? Well, that's I've already talked that's... on
0: the. I've already talked on the podcast about. I have a fundraiser going on Facebook right now for oh, okay. FDIF. Oh, um, that's F- a good one. I said that wrong. F-I-D-F. FIDF. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. You're. Good. Um, but uh, so you know, there's that. If people are, are listening and they want to give, they can. Yeah. I'll link to my fundraiser in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Um, beyond that, I think that if you have. If you, if you're not Jewish and you have Jewish friends, I think the most important thing you can do is reach out to them. Cause we're not okay. Like we're definitely not okay. Even so like today I had, um, I had emailed somebody. I had replied to somebody's email that was like kind of a mass email, like saying like, are you interested in this thing? Not hugely mass, but like to about 20 people saying, are you interested in this thing? And I replied today saying, yeah, ask me again in a few months when we're not in the middle of a war. And she replied saying, oh my God, I've been wanting to email you, but I didn't want to bother you. And I get that from a lot of people. Like they finally reach out and they're like, I really didn't want to bother you. You're not bothering us. We're very aware of who is and who is not reaching out. We're not always replying but we're knowing we're not, it's, it's like another Jewish example, when you sit Shiva. So like in the Jewish religion, when somebody dies, who's one of your immediate relatives, um, you sit Shiva, you sit for seven days and you just mourn. Let me tell you, you're very aware of who comes Mm. and who doesn't, even if in the moment, like, even if you don't think you are, you know, cause like, if you run into somebody six months later, your brain will immediately tell you she never came to the Shiva. and maybe you don't even do it consciously. Maybe there are people who are better than I am who don't do this, but I am definitely a person who's like, that is a mark that I will hold on to for like the rest of our relationship. I'm always going to know that. It's like when my kid was in the hospital, I had one friend who, um, after he was out of the hospital, she wrote to me and she was like, yeah, you know, I thought about you all the time, but I really didn't want to come because I don't like hospitals. And I was like, I also don't like hospitals, but nobody asked me. So, you know, like, and it really, it definitely affected our friendship. Like one, okay, maybe you didn't come to the hospital, but you could have said something during that whole time, you know? So we're very aware of who's reaching out and who's not. And you don't have to say a lot and you don't have to say the right thing. Literally, if you just send somebody a note and say, I'm thinking of you, I'm holding space for you. You're on my heart, you're on my mind. Like these mean a lot. Because there are a lot of people who are actively calling for our death. So, Mm, you know, like, I mean, for me, I really feel like I'm, I'm seeing very clearly who would hide you from the Nazis and who would turn you in. Mm. I really feel like, and maybe that's an extremist view. That is how I feel right now. I Mm. really feel that I can split my, my friend list into two groups at this point. And I'm very because, because I am who I am, I am very much like unfriending and, and blocking people. Like if I see that you are actively promoting antisemitism, um, if I see, if I see that you would turn me into the Nazis, we're done. We're mm-hmm. done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I I can't believe we're living in this so, world.
1: It, you know, and I, I, it is amazing. And yet it's also not because, we see all the time people say, well, if I had been there, I would have done this differently. No, you wouldn't have. That's the thing. The thing is that it was ordinary people who behaved that way on a global scale. You know, the experiment in New Haven, the um, social psychologist who did the experiment where they put the person in the chair and uh, they had uh, like the the patient and the experimenter and you had to keep giving them shocks and whatever. Right. So, everyone who reads that study says, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Yes, you would have. Because the point of the study was that ordinary people who were, you know, the spectrum of Americans, you know, at that time, like, yes, you would have. That is what they did. Almost without exception. There were like two standouts who, Mm -hmm. who didn't do it, but like everyone else did. Yeah. And And so, yeah, like it takes strength to stand up. It takes strength to show support um, and certainly to show support publicly. Like, uh, I mean, I'm telling, when I have people who come to me and say, okay, Abby, I love you. What can I do to help you? And I tell them the most important thing that you can do for me personally is to stand up for me publicly, Mm -hmm. to stand up for Israel and for Jews publicly. And I get that not everybody's willing to do that. Okay. Yeah. If you can't do that, like that, if you asked and you want me to tell you what you can do for me, that's what you can do for me. And I get people who are like, "Can I just PayPal you some money?" I'm like, "Thanks. Right. I'm good." Like that's <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not what's going to do it for me. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's really like I would rather be alive than have a lot of money. I don't know. It's just
0: me. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, yeah. What do you think about the future? What do I think about the future? Right
1: now I'm having a very hard time thinking about the future. Like when you said, when should we do this interview? And I was like, let's say tomorrow because I can only think as far as tomorrow. And then when tomorrow came, or when it was almost tomorrow, I was like, okay, I actually have to push it one more day. But that, like, I literally can't see, like mm-hmm. I, I cannot put something on my calendar for next week. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Cannot do it. I can't see that far ahead. I'm having a lot of trouble thinking about the future, so I'm thinking about it in very, very small ways. so little things like small, selfish things, like I was supposed to go on a vacation um next week, I think. yeah, huh, look at that. next week. I was supposed to go on vacation next week. That's canceled. I was supposed to go to a retreat uh, in November, and I've I, I know I'm not leaving the country in November. Like I know that this isn't going to be over and I'm certainly not leaving my family and my country, uh, during this time. Yeah. Israel, by the way, is the crazy country where like when you see war break out in other countries, people leave, um, in Israel, people come home to Israel. In fact, I, I got an email from the United States state department saying we have a boat for American citizens and immediate relatives from Haifa to Cyprus. Now you have to pay for your spot on the boat. And once you get to Cyprus, you're on your own, you got to figure yourself out from there. But I mean, obviously I deleted, I was not interested at all, but then I saw an update from the State Department saying that they had, in addition to the boat, they had done several flights out where they had offered seats to American citizens and immediate relatives and all the flights were leaving half
0: empty. So Mm. yeah, we don't leave. Um, My cousin actually flew home yesterday. She was stuck in New York for a week since this happened and she got back yesterday, so. Exactly,
1: exactly. So that's what we do. We come back. Um, And so- yeah. There's that. So I think about the future and very like, I can't think farther ahead. Like we're supposed to go on a vacation within Israel, um, for Hanukkah in December. We were supposed to take our kids to a lot while they're off school just to whatever. It's like our beach holiday. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to my husband, do you think we're doing that? And he was like, I don't know. Like, and that's so far away. Uh, I can't even imagine getting to December my parents are supposed to come in April for Passover. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know what's going to happen. I like, that's so far away. What do I think about the future in general? I think that from a security standpoint, obviously Israel needs to not only eradicate Hamas, but Israel needs to maintain a presence in Gaza so that this can never happen again. We cannot put our citizens in the line of fire like this we tried letting Gaza be its own independent entity that clearly did not work. We gave them 17 years and they destroyed it. Um, so no, I like, I will be incredibly disappointed if we ever try that again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the status quo in the West bank needs to change as well, because I mean, I look around, I live surrounded by Palestinian villages and I think often about, wow, that fence is not that high. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that could happen. My family could be slaughtered as we slept. So I think that has to change. I think, I mean, these are, yeah, these are the things that I am thinking about. These are, when I think about a future, it doesn't feel great but i'd rather have a future where we get to be alive and we have a pr issue than where we're dead and people are like oh yeah that was a shame <laughs> so that's that's yeah it's not very optimistic and you know me like we've had conversations i'm usually I'm usually pretty funny um and i'm having a hard time doing that lately
0: yeah what are you grateful for right now
1: yeah i'm incredibly grateful For the vast number of people who have reached out to let me know that they're thinking of me, to let me know that they support me personally, to let me know that they support the Jewish people, to let me know that they support Israel, to the people who are doing that publicly, to my clients who have extended me such grace um, and who say things like, no, just invoice me. You'll do the work when you do the work. I'm not worried. Like, you know, just invoice me. Um, to I, my, you know, my students are sharing some of the things that I'm writing and prefacing them with, like, you know, this is the woman who changed my life, and da, da, da. like, that's wild. Um, that's humbling. That's incredible. So I'm really grateful for that. I'm of course grateful for my immediate family. Um, that my people are all safe. I'm grateful that I belong to the Jewish people and and that we have a history and that we know that in every generation they rise up against us and in every generation we will defeat them. So I'm grateful that I'm a part of that history. Um and I'm grateful that I'm here because I think like you know it's hard to be here obviously. But I I right now have much more fear for my family and friends outside of Israel, I think raging anti-Semitism is incredibly dangerous all over the world. I worry an enormous amount about my family and friends abroad. So I'm I'm grateful to be here. If I weren't here, I would I would absolutely lose my mind.
0: Wow. Well, I am grateful for you, and uh, and this conversation. And I sometimes when I think about you and I think about you know, other people in Israel, I'm thinking like my problem seems so insignificant, you know, compared to what, whatever they're dealing with over there. And so it helps me remember what I'm grateful for too.
1: Well, I think, I think perspective is important in a sense. And like, but I feel like also we all have days. I mean, if you think that I don't, if you think that I don't have days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, my manicurist rescheduled our appointment. How incredibly inconvenient, right? Like, I think it's okay to have your own crap, right? Yeah, like of course. And perspective also helps. Like there are definitely times when I have to, I remember being like, right after I'd had my first baby, my laptop broke or something. and, And I remember thinking to myself, you know, this sucks. And the baby is okay. So, like, this sucks and I can fix this. It sucks and it really is upsetting. And I don't have a spare thousand dollars, you know, but like, but the baby is okay. So that's what really matters. So the perspective is good in that sense, but also sometimes you just want to say, man, this sucks. And I just yeah. wanted to get my nails done. So
0: yeah. You know. My mom actually told me this story about because my mom had a child who died uh from tasks. Mm-hmm. And um, when she was in the hospital with the baby, you know, there was another family there and they were in the hospital because their child was getting their tonsils taken out. And they Mm -hmm. said, um, you know, what are you here for? And my mom (laughs) told them and they were like, oh my gosh, you know, like they felt guilty. Right. Dressing over. And my mom said, listen, if I had, if my older daughter was in here getting her tonsils out, I would feel the same way. I would be freaking out too. Right. Right. So I get it. We're all dealing with our stuff and it's all you know, that, what, what
1: I say what I say to people sometimes is um can I can I swear here?
0: Yeah. No. for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like <laughs> just because I have shit doesn't mean that your shit doesn't smell bad. Like, right. you know, sometimes yeah. we all have shit to deal with. Um so I don't normally swear, sorry. Um, <laughs> but like it just calls for it sometimes. Um yeah, so it, it just sometimes your hard stuff might not seem hard to somebody else, but it's really hard to you in that moment. And that's okay. Right. Like it's not, it's not a zero sum game, number one. And it's not, it's not a competition as much as I would like life to be a competition and to win it all the time. Like it's not
0: all the time. Yeah. Well, thank you. And keep writing. I I follow you. you every morning I wake up, I'm looking for what, new things Abby has posted on her Facebook page. And so um, keep doing that. And I hope that you stay safe, you get rest, and you take good care of yourself and your family.
1: Thank you so much for doing this. I feel like this was definitely my own personal therapy session. (laughs) So thank you.
0: You're so welcome.